Hello and welcome back to CEO-ish Podcast. I'm Chloe. And I'm Taylor. Today's episode is going to be super fun. We have one of our good friends and a fellow podcaster, Tony Rastigu from Useless Degrees Podcast, joining us today, not only to share all of the tips and tricks that go into starting your very own podcast, but to co-host alongside of us. Yes, that is right. Tony is going to be on in on the catch-up this week, sharing a favorite product and sharing some of his own advice uh, as well. So Chloe, why don't you kick us off? What's going on with you? So I just got my first order of stickers. Well, I just ordered them. I haven't received them yet, but that's really exciting. I'm doing two of my bug designs and then one of my like women with flower designs. Um, And then I also had my first gallery uh, reach out to me. I'm probably not going to work with them because they're in uh, Europe, but there's, it's still super cool. It makes me feel good. So I'm excited about that. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I kind of want to do it. They do like a annual kind of art show. So it seems really cool, but it's expensive, first of all, to get my stuff there and then for the insurance for all of that. And then just with COVID, I'm kind of thinking, you know, how many people are actually going to be there? So probably won't happen this year, but I'm just happy that galleries are noticing me now. So that's really exciting. I feel good about myself. <laughs> Okay, that just answered my question because I was just about to ask if this gallery found you or if you reached out to them. But that's so awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. And this is seriously, you know, this is going to be the first of many. This is amazing for you. I'm so happy. Thank you. How are you doing? Um, I'm having a terrible fucking time. Um, today has been, I, I did not start off my day on a great note. I woke up at 545 this morning. Um, sometimes I just wake up in the middle of the night, but today I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, with lockjaw and the entire right side of my face, or I should I say jaw was completely locked and it took almost an hour to an hour and a half to completely unlock. It's been very sore all day, which is unfortunate because Wednesdays are the days that I strategically book all of my calls. So it hasn't been fun to have to basically talk the entire day. Um, But on a positive note, we are recording this and it is podcast launch date. So I know we are releasing these on a little bit of a delay, but that has been an absolutely amazing thing. And to hear the feedback that we've already received from all of you guys has been so heartwarming. So thank you all so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. Like all day people have just been reaching out to us and like, thank you guys all so much for listening and for, you know, telling us what you think about it. It's really exciting. I mean, I had a great day like listening to all of the responses to it. Uh, I'm sure Taylor enjoyed that as well. Just not the locked jaw. (laughs) Yeah, let's that has not been my favorite part of the day. (laughs) Well, let's introduce Tony and Tony, why don't you catch us up on what has been going on with you today? Thank you, Taylor. And congrats on the podcast and everything. Really proud of you guys getting this going. But Thank um, you. Yeah, so currently experiencing the advertising agency from a remote perspective. That's pretty much what I've been doing for work lately. Um, but I love having my own routine. And, you know, I got the opportunity to take walks throughout the neighborhood, uh, read, edit during my downtime. So I'm definitely occupied throughout the day, which has been nice. And so my job is in paid search. And I just got my clients, so I've been in this kind of slow but steady onboarding process. But I'm definitely looking forward to helping them out with their business. But other than that, I've just been planning some long weekend trips in advance. Pretty soon I'll be flying to Fort Myers, uh, visiting my sister in Louisville, hopefully visiting my cousin in Phoenix, and then maybe a trip down to Texas when their situation is hopefully resolved soon. Oh, that's exciting. That's fun. Yeah, definitely. 
Do you guys hear how great Tony's podcasting voice is? This is why he's put co-hosting today. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the microphone or if it's just me essentially putting on a podcasting voice the second I step up to the mic. It's like a natural thing. You are also the first guy we are interviewing on the CEO-ish podcast, so congrats. Wow, that's uh, that's quite an honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that at least my show is able to have topics that pertain to both men and women too. So yeah, appreciate you having me on. Yes, and we will have you do an intro to your podcast very shortly here. So um, with all that being said, and Don, Chloe, do you want to share your favorite product of the week? Yeah, so this one, I can't believe I haven't talked about this before, but it is by the brand Aincase, and it's a stylus pen. It's basically a knockoff Apple Pencil. It was like $30 off of Amazon, and it's awesome. I have no complaints. It holds a charge forever. It charges super quickly. Absolutely no lag. The only thing that I guess, it this doesn't bother me at all, but it, I guess it could bother some people, is the plastic tips do wear out pretty quickly. I bought this pencil a month or so ago and I've already gone through two tips but I also do draw for like at least three hours every day so I am definitely using them a lot but yeah this pen is like what a third of the price of an apple pencil and it's super awesome would definitely recommend to anybody who you know has an ipad wants to get into doing digital art it's gonna save you a lot of money and it works great would you ever buy an apple pencil Absolutely not. I hate Apple. I only bought an iPad only so I could use Procreate because it will only work on the Apple iPad. Mm -hmm. Procreate and Clubhouse hating you Android. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Now that I'm like trying to get into this social media type of stuff, I kind of am regretting buying the Android, but just only because of like the Procreate and Clubhouse situations and stuff not being Android friendly. But I do I do like Android a lot better. It's just not compatible with all of the stuff that I want to be able to do for my social media. So that kind of sucks. But what are you going to do? Too late now. And you have green bubbles. What more is there to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't see the green bubbles, so I don't really care about that. <laughs> yeah, what actually is your argument for switching over to Android? First of all, camera quality is way better. So kind of the reason Fake that... News. It's not fake news, and I'm going to tell you why. The reason that, you know, people say like, oh, Android quality sucks is because Android uh, cameras, the quality is so good that your phone can't even process it. So like if you look the at a picture on my phone. shoots in raw. Okay, well, I'm, okay, maybe if you get the new one. <laughs> I had the iPhone 6 before I got this phone, okay? So my iPhone okay, 6 well, was trash. Actually, yeah, I think I think I know what you're talking about too, because I remember for the longest time the Android had like VHS level qu video quality, but I'm pretty sure as of maybe recently they've really stepped it up and it's actually looking pretty clear now. So maybe it's yeah. just like the horrid image from the past is just stuck in my head and it's never going to go away and it's only going to be associated with the Android forever. So maybe yeah. I do actually have to see it like firsthand experience and maybe make that judgment for myself. Yeah, it is frustrating. Like I said, like with trying to use my phone for social media and like actually try to like get a following and stuff, it is frustrating. Even with TikTok, um, you know, I'll take a video on my phone and the quality's super good. And then I put it onto TikTok and just the conversion going from my phone to TikTok, it makes the quality terrible. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of like I don't even want to post it because it doesn't look good, but on my phone it looks great and it's it's really frustrating. So yeah, I guess if if I knew what I knew what I know now when I bought my phone, I would have gone with Apple just because it's more like social media friendly. But 
just for like my own individual use, I do like the Android better. All I'm hearing is should have stuck with Apple. Mm-hmm. I do miss hey, the Find My Friends own. as well. It's a great feature. Well, what is your product of the week, Taylor? Um, Keeping in relation to my terrible lockjaw theme of the day. I am got to give a shout out to my gua sha. Um, I don't think it does anything in relation to firming or tightening my skin or anything in the anti-aging department, but it has been phenomenal today with the jaw pain and I keep it in my little skincare fridge, which I guess you could call an honorary second favorite in this case because the key to the gua sha is to keeping it or keep it really cold. Um, and that has pretty much been the only thing giving me consistent relief today so shout out to my gua sha i have a a gua sha from the brand mount Lai. i will link it in the show notes um i had a cheap one off of amazon and i can tell you right now there is a difference i used to say there wasn't a difference there is i can feel a difference in the quality of the stone and um i'll have to post like an instagram story of this when we release this episode but the size difference between the two is laughable like it's hilarious so um shout out to my gua sha from mount Lai. it is very nice i'm very happy i have it today what kind of stone is it i bought a rose quartz one okay i have a rose uh rose quartz roller which again same thing it feels good but i don't think it really does much other than just massage my face yeah, which again, if you're using it for facial massage or like what I'm using it for, which is extreme TMJ pain, um, I think it's phenomenal for that. And I also will say if my face is like super puffy, like if I've just been crying or um, had a bad night of sleep, I think it does help with puffiness. But yeah, anti-aging or firming, I'm not so sure on that. <laughs> I do like it as well. Like if my sinuses are really like, you know, irritating me, I'll massage it over my sinuses and that will help kind of give me some relief but other than that yeah I don't know what what is the difference because I got mine for like seven dollars from Marshall's so chances are it's not a real rose quartz so what like is kind of the difference with yours I'm not sure the whole quartz I'm not sure the okay I'm not sure that the stone really matters as long as it works. I'm more saying like the difference in the stone is I can feel like there's a significant weight difference. Like my flimsy one from Amazon, like I used to think was just, it was a gua sha. Like I, it was the first one I had. I didn't know any different, but now holding this one, there's like a huge weight difference mm-hmm. and there's a different curve to the stone and it's, it's much bigger and it fits my face a lot better. Um, and it feels like it was actually designed for my face rather than being like this tiny little stone with a weird curve in it. So I'll I'll definitely post the Instagram story so you can see what I'm talking about. But yeah. Interesting. How about you, Tony? Yeah. So at work, I was able to get a $350 gift card to REI, which is like a recreational uh, store. And I uh, love ad agencies. Right. I know. Yeah. All the perks have just been <laughs> lovely so far, treating me well. But um. I have been recently getting more into hiking. Last summer, I was pretty much, you know, making it much more of a hobby for me. And on that first hiking trip that I took last summer, I pretty much had to borrow all of my equipment from everybody else that was well more experienced. So I think it's time for me to step it up and actually get some stuff of my own. So right now I'm looking at like this Osprey hiking backpack. It looks to be right within the price range and everything and looks to be all the more helpful and efficient for each trip. And so definitely looking forward to utilizing that. Interesting. Do you have any hiking trips planned? Uh, in the in the works at the moment right now. I definitely want to venture outside of Michigan for sure and mm-hmm. definitely just get out there. 
And uh, so, yeah, in due time. Yeah. You got to get to Colorado. Colorado is so fun for our hiking trip. Right. That's like all I'm seeing right now on Instagram is just hiking trips from like Colorado or like Utah or something. So getting yeah, out there Arizona, is definitely Oregon. on my plan. Yep. Definitely. All right. Well, Chloe, do you want to do the small business shout out? Sure. So this is an artist that I've been following for a long time, and she is just the coolest person in the entire world. Her name is Alyssa Silos, and she has this whole series called Femme Fatale that she has turned into a self-defense kit. So there's a little knife, but it's cute and like discreet. And there's uh, pepper spray and there's also this like alarm that if you pull the pin, it'll make really loud noise, you know, Um, but it's super cool and just like beautifully done. Um, Like honestly, just her social media, even if you're not like into that kind of stuff and into art, like seriously, her social media is just the coolest thing ever. And she's so cool. She's like living in California, taking these like gorgeous pictures. Her apartment's beautiful. So love her Instagram and I love her art. Um, You can find her on Instagram at A-L-Y-T-H-U-H. I think that's just Alyssa. I don't know. But yeah, her name's Alyssa. I'll leave it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely check her out because it's super cool. I really was um, wanting to buy the self-defense kit for my sister for Christmas because she likes to walk her dog at night in a big city by herself and she thinks it's a good idea. So got to get her onto that self-defense stuff. (laughs) Anything to, protect the do- anything to protect the dog mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he's kind of a scary looking dog but like if anybody were to try to attack her they've already tested it out he would do absolutely nothing so she needs to actually have something that could help her out you're talking about pico right mm-hmm. pico intimidating are we really talking about the same dog well okay he's adorable but we're pretty sure he's like part pitbull like he's he's got a lot of muscle he's dorky and adorable but he he's got a lot of muscle like i'm you know if you were like a scary man looking for a victim to attack and you saw a girl walking this dog hopefully that would be a deterrent All right. Well, do we want to get into our CEO-ish advice? Okay. So mine is something that I need to do, which is update my freaking website. It's so easy to like let that go, you know, get forgotten. Social media is something that I look at every single day, but my website is easy to forget about. So I am in the process of creating a bunch of new graphics and like I definitely need to incorporate my new color palette onto my website. So probably by the time this launches, it will be updated for sure. But it's in the works right now. So it's exciting. I try to do quarterly updates to my website, just like for the same reasons you said, keep services up to date, keep clients up to date, keep photos up to date, all that good stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I got to get Marley on my website still like I'm waiting on brand photography from Rachel still and that's coming up here in a few weeks so in due time it'll get done but yes I completely feel you on this Mm -hmm. what's your advice um so I need to get my shit together today you guys and I don't have uh, advice prepared because I kind of forgot so I'm gonna pass this one to Tony and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. impulse come up with something real quick all right all right while you think of that, yeah, I'll give you mine, even though I'm not the CEO of the group here, but I'm quite literally at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to any sort of corporate structure. But um, so my philosophy has always been work in silence and shine in public. And what I mean by that is to productively tackle your day to day by constantly prepping what you need to bring to the table when it comes to meetings or presentations or both. Uh, so when the collective, pre- with all the collective preparation that you have, you'll come off 
all the more authentic and focused and therefore making your clients, colleagues, or managers realize that you are on top of your shit and you're ready to take on more work altogether. So that's that's my advice that I got for today. Well, snaps to that. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right. I actually have something and I promise as like I know as impulsive as this sounds, I didn't completely pull this out of my ass, you guys. Um, so my advice this week is to acknowledge your capacity. And this is something I've been working on. I have received so many exciting projects and it has been so hard for me to say no because you never want to turn opportunities down, especially when they feel like dream clients and they align perfectly with Um, everything you're doing but sometimes you just have too much on your plate and I feel like February was just a month where I had too much on my plate and I did not know how to acknowledge my capacity and say no to projects and now I'm just kind of swamped Um, and you shouldn't get don't let yourself get to this place like just don't do it because this is where the burnout starts to happen and um, I definitely need to schedule a break soon so acknowledge your capacity this week you guys Definitely. That's good advice. Yeah, you don't want to cause burnout for yourself. Exactly. That's an entire different episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> looking forward to hearing that, though. All right. Well, Tony, here is your official welcome to the CEO-ish podcast. You're, as I said, the first guy we've ever had on the show. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the Useless Degrees podcast? Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, name is Tony. Also, uh, from Michigan as well, roughly about maybe 15 to 20 minutes away from either direction that you like Taylor or Chloe are from, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I have my own, my own podcast that I started in October, if I remember correctly, and it's called useless degrees. And essentially what I do is I sit down with a unique individual every single week. It might be a professional in whatever workplace, or it might be a student. And so I interview that person and basically get the ins and outs of what they do in their career, what led up to that career, and whether or not their college degree actually helped them in the long run. Because uh, colleges in general are the basis of the conversation of my show altogether. And it's been really unique because each guest has offered me plenty of insight to numerous industries. And so the focus of the show is essentially to realize that people end up in a career that isn't entirely what they studied in college. And the cool thing about it is I'm able to have these open-ended discussions with people that are so willing to talk about everything, whether that's what they're doing from a day-to-day perspective, as, as I mentioned earlier, how they got there, or just their thoughts on the value of college in general. And so I've been about 22 episodes deep as of today, and I'm excited to keep it growing. Every week I look forward to releasing a new episode and allowing more people to hear different perspectives from different people. And so, yeah, that's uh, something that I've been doing during the downtime when I'm not working the cor- working in the corporate world or anything. And so it's been fantastic. It's been a great hobby of mine that I just love exploring every day. That's awesome. If you guys haven't checked out his podcast already, definitely check it out, especially if you are you know, about to go to college and not sure what degree you want to get. Check it out. And it is like every single episode is full of advice and different, like you said, different opinions about how college could be beneficial for you. 
Yes, it's very exploratory. And I also was interviewed on Tony's podcast as well. So I will be sure to link his podcast and my that specific episode with me in it as well in the show notes. So yeah. Um, and we are so excited to have Tony here because we thought it would be perfect um, to do a cool episode episode on how to start your own podcast and kind of what we've learned so far from the process. And we thought it would be awesome to have Tony on because Chloe and I are co-hosts and we very much split the tasks between all of this and it makes it much easier to manage. But Tony is solo on his podcast and does everything himself. So if you are considering um, starting your own podcast, we want to be able to give you guys options in both perspectives on it, as well as give you guys a ton of different options um, for software and how you can record or even do your own podcast hosting and distribution. So it's going to be jam-packed with a tons of advice for you guys today, and we're very excited to have him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, The first thing we are going to be giving advice on is picking a name. And I think the first most important thing that I can say, um, if you have a name idea already in your head, look and see if the podcast name is taken. When Chloe and I finally hit the nail on the head with our name, like we were looking on Apple Podcasts, we were looking on Spotify, Google Play, like anywhere that you could find a podcast, we were looking to see if this podcast name had already existed from somebody else because – you don't want to infringe on copyright and trademark and issues and all of that stuff. So plus you want to be unique and have your own branding. So if it isn't uh, taken already, go ahead, secure the bag, create an email with that podcast name, uh, create all your social media profiles. So if you want to be on Instagram, if you want to be on Twitter, any other social media platforms you want to be on, secure the names immediately, even if you aren't going to do something with or create the podcast for like six months down the line. That's what Chloe and I did. We were, we had all of our names and stuff picked out and we sat on it for like six months before we actively did anything with the accounts. But you never know who is going to have a great idea and the same great idea as you. So act, be the first to act upon it. Um, Tony, do you have any advice for picking a name? Yeah, so for me, like I chose my show based on how many times I've heard people say that their college degree is just completely useless. And the title also offers an instant connection because it appeals to everybody within the target demographic that I'm currently going for, which is either anybody in college or has graduated college. And so hearing that title, they'll be able to formulate their own opinion on whether or not their experience and or degree was worth it in the end. And so and finding out like if it has like any long-term value. And it's funny that you mentioned looking up ahead of time just to make sure that it's not already taken. And I remember like when I was first getting all the social media handles going and I saw that useless degrees was actually taken on Instagram already by some musician who does uh, apparently solo punk folk acoustic guitar and a harmonica in Alberta. (laughs) (laughs) So like just completely the most random thing I've ever, I've ever seen. And I believe like the account is just, been like not active for like two years or so but regardless I still wasn't able to use that one so I still had to alter and make it useless dot degrees at least for the Instagram but luckily enough on all podcasting platforms my name wasn't taken yet but I'm glad that at least stands out to people like when they first hear it they're able to realize oh like I mean I've been to college or, or way back when 
And so it resonates with them a little bit more. So that's that's how I ended up landing on mine. That's awesome. You bringing up the target audience is actually the perfect segue into the next piece of advice we have, which is define your ideal listener. So um, do you have any advice on this for de- how you went about defining your ideal listener, Tony? Yeah, so the way I approached it was I instead of focusing on what the individual listener would be like, I focused a little bit more on communities instead. And so the community that I'm currently targeting is a community that I personally know very well from my own perspective. And that involves people within the post-grad life that like to share their current situation and experience while simultaneously offering advice for other people. Because I find that the post-grad community is very unique and they're fully willing to talk extensively about their current lifestyle, everything from work, from travel to relationships with people. I always end up hearing stories that involve both struggling, but also very inspiring and fun stories as well. So it's a very unique market, I'd say, that is very diverse and full of unique insight from a plethora of different people. That's interesting. And it makes it like, I know you've had a few interviews with some older people. I can't remember the name, but the Imagine guy, what's his name? Oh yeah, Paul Glantz, the chairman of Imagine Entertainment. Yeah, so that like makes it really interesting for you that you can have guests of all ages and like from different backgrounds. And then also your audience can be all ages and different backgrounds. But yeah, when Taylor and I were trying to pick our ideal audience um I mean honestly just looking at both of our analytics from our Instagram accounts it's a lot of females a lot of younger ones typically between the ages of 18 and 34 usually Gen Z but we do attract some of the younger millennials like 20 to 25 to 28 ish range Um, we wanted our listeners to have interests in self-care wellness in addition to entrepreneurship and all things business because again I think Chloe and I were very much just thinking about ourselves when we like did this and both Chloe and I like we love makeup we love our cosmetics and things like that but I think both of us on a day-to-day basis can say we don't do it so that's really what we were going for in that regard yeah Picking the intro outro music, this one was freaking difficult for Taylor and I. How was your experience with that, Tony? So I haven't yet tapped into the intro or outro music yet. And I know that I really need to pick up on that because I've also been struggling with this as well. And because I'm still clueless as to what is going to end up working because, I mean, I like music from a variety of different genres, whether that might be like a chill vibe, as you mentioned earlier, or like I even love EDM as well. So I... I really don't know like what is going to end up working or if I should stick to maybe sounds. I wasn't sure if I should have like, you know, like a a clock tower that you find on every college campus, just make that sound as like a transitional sound or something. So I'm still trying to explore that. But overall, I'd say that the beauty of joining the podcast community is that you're able to talk with guests and kind of figure out what they do for their show. And that helps you figure out where you need to adjust or improve upon a lot of the things regarding your own podcast as well. So I'm interested in hearing about what you guys ended up doing for your intro and outro. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we picked our intro outro music about five days before launching. It was honestly like the last thing that we did. Um, There was honestly the entire time since we picked the name months ago, we've been looking like, I mean, every day, honestly, we've been looking for like good intro outro music. There was one time that we finally found one that we both were like you know what fuck it okay we can it'll work whatever and then I looked at the terms of use and you're not allowed to use it for podcasts like even if you buy the full license for it so that was really frustrating and yeah literally like 
what, a week and a half ago, Taylor texted me and was like, okay, I think I found one. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if this is even like semi good, we're going to go with it. And it was great. And I love it. It fits perfectly. Um, I was was such a pain in the (laughs) ass about this. I'm so sorry. So Chloe and I had a vision for our podcast because we knew right away, again, we wanted it to fit our vibe. And both Chloe and I would definitely say, like, you could find us in a coffee shop vibing to some EDM. So my my whole, like, thing was I wanted jazzy coffee shop vibes meeting EDM. And we could find nothing to achieve this, like, absolutely nothing and I started to get really fucking frustrated um and I ended up speaking with an amazing podcast manager named Jazz shout out to Jazz of Zap Social Club on Instagram um she gave me a ton of resources and uh places to find podcast friendly music because again as Chloe said um when we finally found a song we had liked um we weren't allowed to use it for podcasts so then we were like well what the fuck um so I wrote down all of the places that she gave me and I wanted to share them with you guys um in case you are struggling with podcast audio as well so audio jungle foxy music blue dot sessions purple planet and melody loops were some places that she recommended none of these were actually where chloe and i ended up finding our music um but i want you guys to have a ton of resources and where chloe and i did end up finding our podcast intro was a website called premiumbeat.com and shout out to taylor gruey for telling me about this she'll be on in a few weeks to talk about all things human design and i seriously cannot wait but anyways um we found our music on premium beat and we did have to pay for the licensing rights to use the music and audio on the podcast but it was totally worth it because now we know we can safely use our music and there aren't going to be any issues or errors with um coming out of it in the future if we decide to do like podcast advertisements so and we should mention like when you're looking at music I we saw a wide range of prices like there were some that were like five dollars and then there were some that were like over a hundred dollars I think that we ended up paying about 50 ish is that right Taylor for ours. Yep, 50 um, was exactly the, but yeah. the number. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so it, it was honestly just ri- like ridiculous. These places, the one that we almost did before we found out that we couldn't use it, that one was one of the more expensive ones. So it's like $200. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. So, but anyway, if you are like wanting to start a podcast, I would first thing start looking for music because this has honestly been the most challenging for Taylor and I, like above and beyond picking a name or even like for me figuring out how to do the editing, like really any part of this, the hardest part was picking a good intro and outro song. Especially (gasps) since like, yeah, something as simple as just a couple seconds of music or sounds or anything can really help with the branding overall, I'd say. It's the vibes. Yeah, exactly. I had probably five episodes edited and ready before we even picked a song. And so, of course, I listened to them through like three times each. And they just sound so much better and so much more put together having the intro and outro music. And even sometimes when we're leaving and like saying, okay, bye, it could sound a little bit weird. But having that song kind of, you know, fade in, it really just kind of ties it all together and makes it look really nice. Is that next level of professionalism? You are 100% correct because I remember you sending me the um, like unedited files to do show notes ahead of time for episodes that you had finished early before we found the music and it's 
a world of difference. You're 100% correct. Yeah, it's literally the icing on the cake. <laughs> it really is. Well, on top of icing on the cake, I also think something that makes a huge difference when you are going to do something like a podcast is having a quality microphone, you guys. If this is something you want to do consistently, like if you either you want to start a podcast or you want to start being a guest on podcasts consistently, invest in a quality microphone. If you record with just a laptop, it sounds really tinny. I don't know how, like the, the echo is just so weird. And if you want to know what a bad echo sounds like with a laptop recording, go listen to episode two with Nia because my dumbass didn't turn on my microphone and we didn't realize that until Chloe was editing the episode. So cool. That was a fun podcasting <laughs> experience. Um, but Chloe, do you want to touch on the microphones that we use? Um like on a day-to-day basis and then I can touch on the ones that we bought for additional recording because those are different. Sure. So we got the dynamic mics from Samsung Q2U. They are just awesome. I love it. Taylor actually bought hers first and sent it to me and I did no other research. I just bought it immediately and I love it so much. Um, like, Like Taylor said, so that episode with Nia that her microphone wasn't doing its thing for that one. Um, it sounded honestly for being a laptop audio it sounded all right you know the episode wasn't completely ruined but listening to the other episodes it's honestly night and day listening to the quality and even I mean I can hear myself in my headphones right now and I'm like damn I sound really good so really I mean just finding a good microphone is really crucial I mean all it is is audio nobody's watching you Tony I think you upload videos don't you yeah I like legitimately just got into that as well after like totally ignoring it for like the last couple of months I really should have hopped on it a lot sooner because I've seen a lot more engagement because video definitely resonates with a lot of people immediately and just quick little trailers for your episodes are all the more productive altogether. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. definitely going to get people interested if they see that you're actually having a conversation with someone, whether that's through Zoom or in person, it definitely helps big time. But you're Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right when it comes to good audio too, because that's also going to resonate with people from a different medium and that is listening. And so if you've got the voice and if you've got good audio, then that's a perfect pair right there. And that's definitely going to help you out in the long run. So for for me, I got my mic from Amazon and it's a Zing U uh, condenser mic. And my favorite part of this is that it's got like an arm that attaches to the desk. So I'm literally able to just sit back and, and talk and I don't have to like find myself needing to adjust it very frequently. And whenever I do, the arm actually makes it super easy and you know I'm able to place it in the right area without making too much noise or anything and so it's it's been a lot a lot more helpful than previous mics that I've had I've gone through two other mics and while they were helpful to some extent I think this is definitely like the best best one and that I will be using for a while specifically uh, because of the arm as well definitely makes everything just so much more you know efficient and mobile Tony I'm super glad that you pointed out that that was a condenser mic because that's something I want to touch on because when I was doing our podcast research for microphones because as Chloe said I was doing um or I bought my microphone first um so Again, going back to Jazz of uh, Zap Social Club, she was who I talked to about the podcasting microphone as well. Um, A wealth of information, you guys. But she was the one who recommended we specifically get the Samsung Q2U because Chloe and I 
are filming in apartments and there's a lot of background noise like you can hear dishwashers chloe has roommates like all these different things so a dynamic microphone is going to be better and muffle a lot more sound if you are living somewhere or recording somewhere with a ton of background noise but a condenser mic like what tony has is going to be better if you're in a studio setting and you know things are going to be really quiet because the echo is going to sound like correctly or it's going to echo better. I don't know. Um, But it made sense when she explained it to me. And Chloe and I learned kind of a hard lesson um, with the condenser versus the dynamic microphone because in one of our first in-person recording sessions, um, we ended up needing to get more microphones to have um, someone that we were interviewing so they would have better audio quality. And the Samsung Q2U was out of stock at the store. I went to pick it up and I needed it that day. So I was like, fuck it. I'm grabbing this one. I've heard a lot of things about the um, Blue Yeti microphones, but the Blue Yeti itself was super expensive. um, And I didn't want to pay like $160 for a microphone that day. So we got the Yeti Snowball Ice and it's super cute and white. Um, But again, as Chloe and I said, we were recording in person and we were all sitting by each other and that condenser mic when sitting in like a room of people um, echoed really bad and the background noise was not ideal for editing. um, So I felt really bad for Chloe for that episode because it was just really bad. Yeah, I totally hear you. That day we ended up recording like what, five episodes and Every single one of them was trash. We had to re-record all of them. So I don't I'm glad that it. <laughs> yeah, like it, we've been very ahead and on top of our stuff. And thank God for that because it it's disappointing and frustrating having to re-record these episodes. Um, but we did leave ourselves enough time where it's okay. So thank God for that. But yeah, really when that happened, we literally talked for like six hours straight. Our voices were shot. And I went to edit it the next day and I said, you know, I texted Taylor and said every single one of these episodes we have to redo. So that was just a waste of six hours. And that was still smart of you guys to make sure that you had plenty of content for the coming weeks and everything. Like you didn't just, you know, you, you timed it perfectly. Like you wanted to make sure that you had all these episodes recorded and ready during your launch date and everything. So that's smart that you stuck to that at least. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of work. Now that we're like launched, I feel like a sense of relief and like I can breathe around it. Um, Like, yeah, last week I was like, oh my gosh, gotta, gotta hurry up and get all this done. But we're, we did it. We're done ish. We're keeping going every week, but we're done with the hard part. I feel like (laughs) ish is the theme of this podcast. Yeah, ish. And yeah, once you get into the routine of everything, then it just becomes, you know, so easy for you, essentially, when you, everything from recording to editing to uploading, it all just kind of becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, like this routine that's playing back and forth in your head. So you know exactly what you have to do and everything. Speaking of recording, editing and uploading, let's move on into what we all use to record and edit our software because um, we were chatting about this prior to starting to record, but we all use different um, software for recording and editing. So um, Chloe and I use Zencaster for recording. And I can tell you guys right now, we're still not sold on it. Um, in theory, it works really well. Um, like being able to see people in video record and have separate audio waves and have it connected to Chloe, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it audacity for the audio editing? Yep, that's it. Okay, so it connects with Audacity, and that's been super easy for Chloe to use, and I'll let her touch on that in a second because she's been the master editor. 
but um we've definitely had our complications with Zencaster and every time it updates something glitches and um calls will randomly like cut in and out and whether or not that's a wi-fi issue is something we're still trying to determine but yeah it's just to be updates to come on Zencaster for us Mm -hmm. you guys yeah I think that we're still gonna keep an eye out for other options um but yeah as far as the editing goes with Audacity I haven't tried a different you know editing software Audacity is just kind of the standard one that you use with Zencaster and I love it. I think I could use it with anything. Even if we did switch from Zencaster, I probably will continue with Audacity. It's super easy, and I'm honestly surprised at how much I enjoy doing the editing. Um, at first, I was just kind of like, you know, got to do my part. I, you know, Taylor's obviously going to do the social media part, so then I need to do the editing part. Okay, fine, I'll do it, whatever. But I really, really enjoy it, and Audacity makes it super easy to do. Um, like I said, I haven't ever used a different software, so I can't really give you the you know comparison between you know Audacity and something else. But I I don't feel like I need anything else other than Audacity. Yeah, this is actually my first time even being on a Zencaster recording or anything because I've pretty much done everything through Audacity and Zoom, and my approach is a little bit different. And I I always hate explaining this, but I'm gonna like try to do it in the best way that I can. So. I have Audacity pulled up and then I record my voice throughout the episode and then I simultaneously hit record on Zoom and then once the Zoom call is over, it automatically saves the audio tracks for my guest or guests. And so I download those and then I basically drag it into the timeline that I already recorded of myself on Audacity. That way it doesn't sound like a Zoom meeting and you're able to hear what it would sound like from your guests end. Uh, So Audacity, I agree, has also been very easy to navigate and editing has just been made very simple and uh, especially for a beginner as well. I mean, if you're starting off, I would definitely recommend Audacity 100%. Uh, Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, I I have yet to look into Zencaster, but I'm interested in finding out the differences that make them more distinguishable from each other. Yeah, I'm interested in that too. How is your experience with the Zoom? Because like, I mean, Taylor had already mentioned we've had a thousand and one problems already with Zencasters, so we're not like completely sold on it. Are you enjoying Zoom or are you also keeping an eye out for other options? Yeah, I think it's so far it's worked just fine for me. The only problem that I've run into, if anything, has just been a Wi-Fi connection buffer and that's easy to fix in Audacity. You just chop out you know that moment of silence or anything um but i haven't really had much of a problem with zoom luckily all the people that i've reached out to they definitely know that it's best to sit in a quiet room and have very minimal background noise so that's actually been very helpful each of my guests i've been able to have a better sound coming from their end so as long as you inform your guest ahead of time that if you know as per your request and everything if they could just you know separate themselves or get into a quiet room of any sort even a closet too like if you're in like a room full of like clothing that's hung around you and everything like the sound is actually you'd be surprised at how amazing and how clear that is just like from a closet but it's it's perfect as long as you're just separated 
you're able to get a lot of that stuff done properly with that. Yeah, Audacity is awesome. I really like it. The only thing that I just thought of this, um, so I'm just a very soft-spoken person, and Taylor is definitely just, her voice is much louder than me. Insert the fish from Finding Nemo that's like, I'm obnoxious. (laughs) You're not obnoxious. I just like almost whisper when I talk, so I'm learning. I have the mic like right next to my mouth right now, Um, but there is kind of like a cap on audacity of how much you can turn your volume up so you might notice that in some of our first episodes that I might be a little quiet I am learning and hopefully it'll be better in future episodes but if you are somebody who is more soft-spoken that is something to you know take into consideration that you are going to need to try to be a little bit louder have your mic closer because you can't turn your volume up as much as you might like to in audacity which I kind of learned the hard way you're lucky, though, that your voice sounds well when you're soft-spoken and everything because I feel like I have to scream into my mic just to make my voice sound decent enough. And I don't I don't mind my voice at all or anything, but I still feel like I have to be so up close to the mic and literally scream out everything. And I wish I could have kind of just like a casual, you know, a casual voice mm-hmm. and a casual tone overall. But for me, that's not the case. I mean, I, I definitely have to, you know, raise it a little bit just to you know, get it across like that. That's funny. I have the exact opposite problem. I have to remind myself to sit far enough back from my microphone. Otherwise, my audio wave is too loud and I feel like I hurt my own ears when listening back to it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there are a few episodes that I turned tailored out a little bit because I was like, you're louder than the intro outro music. <laughs> gotta, gotta make you a little bit quieter. <laughs> you have my permission to silence me just a little bit because, again, <laughs> as the fish from Not Finding Nemo would say, I'm obnoxious. What, I do you guys, what, do you, what do you guys think of your own voices? Like, are you annoyed with them? Like, when you have to go back and hear them and, rec- and edit them? Or what do you guys think? So I'm a big proponent of listening back to every episode. Like I have been listening to all of our episodes on Spotify. A, we need the ratings and streaming, but B, um, I like to take notes on myself and it's not so much my voice that bothers me. It's how much I say certain words. Like I say the word like a lot and I just caught myself saying it again and I hate myself for it. Um, I said the word actually a lot. And I would like to cut out the word um a little more. And I caught myself saying it again, too. So just finding and catching those little nuances. But it's part of the process and we'll get better. At least you have Chloe that can edit out all the ums and all the likes if she's really willing to go deep into that. No, I say I a lot do. of them. I'm not going to do it her. <laughs> you, would, you would be so surprised at the amount of me going, mm-hmm that I edit out. Why do I do that? That's ridiculous. I don't, I'm not adding anything to the conversation by going, mm-hmm, while somebody's but talking, it, but yeah, I mute myself. It sounds like you're listening though, you know? So it's, it sounds like you're engaged. I leave some of them in, but like, honestly, for some of our interviews, there was one part where, um, Alex, who is an interview, what, she's an episode four, I believe. Episode uh, there was four, yeah. one point where she was talking and I had to, edit myself out saying mm-hmm about four times in just this one part that she was talking it was ridiculous but <laughs> yeah kind of like Taylor said uh just taking notes on yourself I've noticed that I pause randomly in the middle of a sentence where it doesn't really make sense to pause so that's weird um and then also for our in for our you know meet the host episode I said and at the beginning of every single sentence for about five minutes straight every sentence start started with and 
Um, so yeah, kind of it, it is beneficial. I think Taylor's definitely got more experience doing the like public talking, and she's been on podcasts before. So I think that she definitely. While I'm doing the editing, I'm like Taylor sounds like she knows her shit, and I sound like I don't. So I think it is beneficial that I am doing the editing because I think I need more practice and more notes to learn. Um, just. Because, yeah, I don't I've never taken a public speaking class. I've never been on a podcast. Um, I never imagined I would have a podcast. So I wasn't really prepared for this. So learning how how I sound, I don't mind my voice. It's more just what I say so much. Good stuff. Well, we'll quickly touch on how to upload, distribute and kind of host your podcast. Tony, I'm not sure what you use, but Chloe and I are anchor users, which is owned by Spotify. And in my opinion, it is truly the easiest way to make a podcast in 2021. It's idiot proof. You can create, distribute, host and monetize your podcast for 100% free. No, this is not an ad. As I'm saying these words, I feel like I sound like I'm reading an ad script right now. Um, But when I tell you it was as easy as like five simple steps and Anchor walked you through like create like you could literally create the account and it walked you through the five steps right then and there like it was that easy there is like three buttons total in anchor for distribution and it's truly idiot proof you guys so i recommend anchor tony (laughs) yeah i'm also a big fan of anchor as well like you said it's so easy and like very like user-friendly very simple to navigate and everything and so far i haven't had any problems with it it also does a really good job of like showing all the analytics behind everything. Uh, yes. Thanks to Spotify being able to point all those out. So yeah, I, I recommend using Anchor if you're a beginner. That's definitely been my main go-to for everything. I find myself refreshing everything like every half hour or so. I'm on the app quite a bit and uploading has been super easy as well. So definitely some really good stuff. Also, I do it a lot from my phone as well. Like I'm not I don't typically use like my laptop or my desktop or anything when going through everything. I honestly upload all of my episodes through my phone. So if that's if that's simple for you, then I think that's definitely the way to go as well. So now I just want to quickly kind of touch on what we've learned thus far between us, all of us running a podcast. And I know Chloe and I kind of touched on our just technical difficulties with Wi-Fi and microphones and recording in person throughout this. It's definitely been a learning experience. We had to re-record a lot. We had that issue with the microphones. So just, yeah, other than that, I don't want to like harp too much on this because we already touched on it. So Tony, do you have anything you want to add to this like learning section? Yeah, I think like aside from learning the technical aspect of creating a podcast, I've had the pleasure, as I mentioned earlier, of learning different industries across numerous careers, thanks to all of my guests. So if you're starting a podcast, I would definitely recommend bringing on guests. If you do it solo, that's totally cool and everything. I just I do think from a marketing perspective, you're able to get your name out there a lot more when you have a guest and they share the links and everything and all the, you know, all the plugs like through their social media as well. So that only earns you more exposure. And as I said, I love hearing different stories featuring different career paths and different perspectives overall. And I think that another thing that I've been learning a lot lately is just how rapid the growth of the podcast community and the platform and that space altogether is growing. And I, I do get why it's constantly increasing as well. And I would say to get a little deep here, like I think it's because it adds like this human element in the midst of an automated technological advancement 
Uh, so it's, it's really cool because these conversations and just, it offers like a human element and open-ended discussions resonate with a lot of people as, as opposed to any sort of other user experience. So I definitely think that if you're a conversationalist, if you're willing to listen to a lot of people rant about whatever it is that's going through their head, I think that is all the more gripping and riveting in the end. So if you're starting a podcast soon, definitely go for it and definitely have those great conversations, whether that might be with a guest or a co-host. I definitely think that there is a lot to lot to work with here. I have one thing to add that I actually, I was going to say it in the hosting and distribution section, and then I forgot what I was going to say, but now it applies to the what we learned. So a lesson Chloe and I learned, um, Apple Podcasts takes up to 10 days for to like be fully distributed. And Chloe and I had that epiphany exactly seven days before we were actually set to launch the podcast. So um, when I tell you, I got the um, Apple Podcast acceptance email at 11.49 p.m the night before Chloe and I were supposed to launch our podcast and everything was scheduled to go live at midnight. I mean it like, so um, do all of that, like setting up at your RSS feed for your podcast in the distribution within anchor and all of that ahead of time, because Apple podcasts is the one that takes the longest to upload. Yeah. And I have a few things I would like to add as well. So first of all, I live in an apartment where I get free Wi-Fi. Um, basically the apartment I found out through our Wi-Fi company, they were grandfathered in, um, at this like super low level Wi-Fi that the company doesn't even offer anymore. They only provide it to the, to the apartment complex because they've had it for so long. Um, so my Wi-Fi cuts in and out all the time and I'm in the works of trying to get it worked out and just buy my own Wi-Fi because this is just really ridiculous. But in the meantime, I am using my hotspot to record every single episode, which is just, I mean, thank God I have unlimited uh, data. But if you are living in an apartment, you might want to look into that beforehand because I didn't even, I mean, I knew my internet was slow, but I didn't even realize how slow it actually was until I got in contact with the Wi-Fi company. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, really like our first interview was with Nia she's in episode two um and Taylor and I have talked about these issues before where she cut out first and then I cut out and it was just honestly really embarrassing to have to just be like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like we can't even hear you for half of the episode um it turned out all right with the editing but it is something that I wish that we were a little bit more prepared for and then something else that I've learned as well is like, I've always been somebody who is, like, embarrassed of, like, you know, what people are going to think of me and stuff. And starting a podcast, like, thank God I had Taylor to do it with me because <laughs> if I was doing it by myself, I probably would have been too embarrassed to even put it up. So just learning to just be okay with people. I mean, if, if they're not going to listen to it, they're at least not going to be, like, mean about it. They're going to be supportive. And nobody's going to be mean to your face or anything. So if you are, like, struggling with the, like, you know, how you're going to be perceived. I know I'm somebody who like struggles with that a lot. So if you are somebody who struggles with that, just do it. It's fun, you know, just have fun yeah, I and think do like it. The and... biggest criticism that I received was from one of my closest friends. He literally said to me, Tony, you're like one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Why is your podcast so serious? <laughs> like all my conversations have just been with my serious voice and I barely make any jokes or laugh or do anything. So I guess it goes to show that constructive criticism is helpful and I definitely might start looking into adding a little bit more humor into my shows as well. So I would just take it with a grain of salt and just try to improve upon whatever 
someone might throw your way. Yeah, but at the same time, you also can't give a fuck what people think about you. And I think, I, yeah, Chloe, you know me. I've reached that point in my life. I just, I genuinely don't care if someone, if someone doesn't like something I'm doing, you don't have to rate, review, or subscribe. Like, it's just kind of the whole thing. Like, you don't have to like everything someone someone's doing, so... Yeah, I feel like if you try to start something, whether that's like yeah. a video series or a podcast in this case, like I feel like a high school setting is where you're going to get like a lot of criticisms. But once you like actually get into the adult world, everyone kind of like encourages you more. I have said this time and time again, me being in my early 20s is just me going back to everything I loved as a 13 and 14 year old, but no longer being embarrassed about it. Exactly. I've <laughs> honestly felt the same exact way. That's exactly how I feel. I've been wanting to start my art account forever, but I'm like, you know, in high school, I was like, no, everyone's going to make fun of me and stuff. But like, first of all, who who would care if they did? And now I finally did get it started and nobody's been anything but supportive about it. So because you're exactly. good. Just, just do it, guys. all the inner just... anxieties and you'll be all good. You'll feel all the more rewarded when you have something out there like this. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, I think that is a fabulous note to end on. And that is it from us. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the CEO-ish podcast. As always, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe or leave a review for us because it, le- it really does help out our podcast and we're late in the early stages so any reviews you write help us and if you would like to keep up with us on social media you can keep up with the ceo-ish podcast on twitter and instagram at ceo-ish podcast and if you'd like to follow us personally you can find me at Tegram biz that's b-i-z and chloe go for it you can find me at chloe w.art uh, don't follow my yoga account. It's going to be merged with my art account soon. So just follow my art one. <laughs> I'll stop linking that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Tony? Where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Anthony underscore Rastigue. My last name is a bit of a trickier one. So yeah, it's it's uh, spelled R-A-S-T-I-G-U-E. Um, and you can also follow the Useless Degrees Instagram account, which is just useless.degrees. And you can follow me on Twitter, which is useless degrees underscore. And then you can go like our Facebook page, which is the useless degrees podcast. You can also listen to Tony's podcast if you want to, like, since Tony won't say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just go ahead on any sort of podcasting platform, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, literally anything. I felt like that's pretty much a given. But yeah, useless degrees is the name of the show. So go ahead and go check it out. Definitely love to hear from you as well. We will have Tony's links and all of that good stuff in the show notes below as well. Because, again, who can spell Tony's last name? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tricky one. But I'm glad that we were able to collaborate on this. I'm glad we can go from hanging out on a boat in the middle of summer and now podcasting together. I think that's pretty sweet. I'm glad you finally learned my name. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> that is, that's so funny. I know that's always going to be in the back of your head. That was so funny. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.